Hey everyone, welcome back to the Big Wheel Files podcast. I'm uh, going to be doing things a little bit differently. Uh, instead of covering everything that's happened, uh, I'm going to just cover SummerSlam this episode. I've taken a lot of time off because of stuff going on at home. So I'm going to just be covering SummerSlam today and I will be also updating other things that have come out such as the following role, AEW, and things like that and I'll release them as individual episodes. So let's just get into SummerSlam 2022. So the show starts off with Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. The match starts off with Belair proving that she is much stronger than Becky Lynch. Uh, Becky Lynch spends most of the match just kind of trying to prove to herself that she is able to make Bianca tap out. Uh, They fight out to the outside. Bianca tries to hit Becky with a KOD. Becky lands on her feet, pulls her hair, climbs up to the barricade, hits her with the leg drop. They go back into the ring. Bianca tries to fight back. Becky Lynch just keeps trying to put her in the disarmor. After a good couple minutes of them going back and forth, Belair goes for a powerbomb, but Becky is able to reverse it into the disarmor. She doesn't quite get it, get it in, and Bianca is able to carry both herself and Becky to the outside, where she hits Becky with the KOD on the outside. During the match, Becky has been working on Bianca's arm. Bianca is unable to pick Becky up to put her back in the ring, so she just gets back into the ring and is settling for the countout victory. Becky is able to get up and get into the ring just before the 10 count. Um, Bianca attempts to go for a top rope maneuver. Becky stops her, but then Belair is able to hit her with a Spanish fly from the top rope, followed immediately by the KOD and then the victory. The most important thing is what comes afterwards. They shake hands, they show mutual respect, turning Becky Lynch babyface. She then leaves the ring and allows Bianca to kind of soak in the moment. As Bianca is celebrating, Bailey's music hits. Bailey comes out and then she is taunting Bianca and then Dakota Kai's music hits and she joins Bailey. And then Io Shirai, now known as Io Sky, also joins them. The three of them get into the ring and just as it looks like they're going to beat down Bianca, Becky Lynch comes back and joins sides with Bianca. Bianca and Becky are challenging the the three but the three just kind of back off and head out. The match after this is Logan Paul versus The Miz. This is actually, despite personal opinions on Logan Paul, this actually wasn't a bad match for a celebrity match. Uh, Logan Paul showed that he is very athletic. Uh, He can do a lot of things in the ring. He did a nice little uh, moonsault to the outside onto The Miz, which I think The Miz kind of did a bad job at catching him, but... um, the, the Miz did a really good job at also highlighting the things that Logan Paul... He was able to make Logan Paul look good. The Miz is, a, I think, a good person to, to do those kinds of things. So this matching was kind of perfect. They did do a lot of back and forth between the two. Um, Logan Paul even put The Miz into the figure four at one point, hit him with a top rope crossbody, and then a standing moonsault. 
Ciampa gets involved by headbutting Logan Paul. Um, AJ Styles then comes out, hits Ciampa with a phenomenal forearm. The two start brawling to the back. Logan Paul takes Miz to the outside, sets him up on the announce table, and then goes back into the ring, gets up on top rope, and pulls a Shane McMahon-esque move by jumping from the top rope to the outside and hitting a frog splash onto the Miz through the announce table. What made this worse is the fact that the announce table didn't break as soon as they hit. So Logan Paul hit the Miz, bounced, and then the announce table broke. So it looked a lot worse. Or it probably hurt quite a bit. And then Logan Paul throws the Miz back into the ring. There's some shenanigans with Maurice. But Logan Paul was able to hit Miz with the skull-crushing finale for the pinfall victory. The next match was a really straightforward, really short match. Bobby Lashley versus Theory for the United States title. Before the match starts, Theory attacks Lashley with the Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank briefcase. The match starts. Theory kind of gets the upper hand. However, it doesn't take long for Lashley to uh, make a comeback. Theory attempts to leave the match. Lashley stops him and throws him back into the ring. The two exchange some blows. Lashley picks Theory up and hits him with a power slam. Lashley then attempts to hit the spear but misses and runs right into the ring post. Theory then goes to the to the outside on the ring apron on the edge. Attempts to go through what I'm assuming is the diving cutter where he jumps through the middle rope and jumps up. But Lashley catches him in midair for a military press. Theory wiggles his way out, but when he does, he slips into the hurt lock and immediately taps out. The next, the next match was kind of confusing because it was the Mysterios versus the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest in a no disqualification match. The thing that kind of threw me off about this was it's a no disqualification tag team match. But the two teams still tagged in and out. If it's no DQ, then why are you tagging? You're not going to get disqualified if you don't tag. And it doesn't make it, it didn't make any sense to me, but yeah, who am I? So when the match starts, the Judgment Day gets an early advantage, but stops to show off, giving Ray and Dom the chance to make a comeback. The Judgment Day cut the ring in half, keeping Dom from making a tag to his dad. Dom hits Balor with a neckbreaker and is able to make the hot tag. To Rey Mysterio. Rey then clears house. Bal Balor tries to bring a chair into it. Rey grabs the chair, hits Balor with the chair, hits Priest with the chair, and then as Balor is laying on the outside, Rey slides across the mat to the outside and does like a little sitting splash to Balor on the outside. Ray hits Balor with a top rope Hurricane Rana. Ray and Dom then set Balor and Priest up for a double 619. However, when attempting it, Rhea Ripley gets involved and takes out Dom. Balor and Priest then take Ray out and going to hit him with the chair when Edge makes his return. He comes out and as he's running up the ramp, Priest meets him there. Edge takes him out, and then Edge gets in the ring, hits Balor with the spear, waits for Balor to get up again, hits hits him with another spear, drop toe hold Balor to the middle rope where Ray and Dom hit a double 619 and pick up the win. The match after this was Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. Corbin starts the match with, by trash talking. 
McAfee hits him with a super kick, shutting his mouth. McAfee takes control and sets Corbin up on the top rope. However, Corbin throws him off, but McAfee is able to do a backflip and lands on his feet. Corbin quickly jumps down, and as McAfee is celebrating that he made that top rope backflip, Corbin is able to hit him with a shotgun drop kick. Corbin takes control and takes McAfee to the outside, throws him onto the announce table, starts making fun of him, talks to Michael Cole, pushes Michael Cole down, starts trash talking. They end up getting back into the ring. As Corbin throws McAfee into the ring, Corbin goes to the top rope. McAfee runs up to the top rope, grabs Corbin, and hits him with the top rope vertical suplex. Corbin rolls to the outside. McAfee then runs to the top rope, went to do some sort of hand gesture, and as he's doing it, he loses his balance, but the moment he gets some sort of sense of stabilization, he jumps off and hits Corbin with the senton. They both get back into the ring. After a little scuffle, Corbin bumps into the ref, allowing McAfee to hit Corbin with a low blow, getting onto the middle rope, jump, and hit a code red for the one, two, three. After this, we have the Street Profits versus the Usos, with Jeff Jarrett as the special referee. The match starts off with Jimmy backs Angelo Dawkins into the corner. Jarrett counts one, two, three, four, grabs Jimmy, pulls him off, and tells him, hey, you got until five. Dawkins then throws Jimmy into the corner, does the exact same thing. Jeff Jarrett shows that he's not playing favoritism, grabs Dawkins, throws him. The Usos do what the Usos do. They isolate Dawkins from Ford for a while. Jimmy hits Dawkins into the corner, sets up for the hip attack, hits him once, taunts with his brother, saying we to ones, goes for a, a second hip attack. Misses Angelo Dawkins is able to turn around and hit a Insiguri and makes a hot tag to Montez Ford. Jimmy at the same time tags in Jay. Ford runs wild. Ford gets the advantage, and every time he goes for a pinfall, he get you can see he's getting more and more frustrated. Montez goes for a move into the corner. Jimmy throws him up and hits a neck breaker. Jay gets into the ring with Jimmy. They start double teaming. They went to throw him into the ropes. He holds on. The Usos run after him. He low bridges, makes the tag to Dawkins. Dawkins gets in, goes, dives to the outside. They come back in. Dawkins pounces Jimmy into a suplex by Ford, and he kicks out at two. This makes Ford even more upset. They attempt to go for another double team move. Jimmy is able to escape, and the Usos hit both Ford and Dawkins with super kicks. They attempt to go for a double team move, but Jimmy is able to escape, and the Usos hit both Ford and Dawkins with super kicks. The Street Profits try to fight back. Ford is able to hit the frog splash. However, when Jay is able to kick out at two, Ford loses his cool with Jarrett, giving the Usos the opportunity to make the comeback. The Usos take out Dawkins on the outside and then hit Ford with the 1D, picking up the 1-2-3. Following this was Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, this match didn't go very long. It was actually... It couldn't have been no longer than 10 minutes. It was a dominating match. Ronda Rousey took the match... 90%. Whenever Liv Morgan started to get the advantage, Ronda quickly stopped it. She consistently 
tried to apply submission moves onto Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan every time was able to get to the ropes. There wasn't a whole lot to this match like there was in every other match on this card. Like it was literally just Ronda beating up Liv and then applying submission moves onto her. The match ends with Ronda going for an armbar. Liv kind of standing up out of it is able to pin Ronda's shoulders to the mat. And the referee counts one, two, three. But in the middle of the counting, Liv Morgan actually taps out. However, because the referee was counting the pinfall, he did not see the tap out from Liv. Ronda then loses it because she thought she had won, but the referee informed her that he had actually counted the pinfall. So she loses it, ends up putting Liv back into the armbar and is telling the ref, you see it now? You see it now? She's tapping. And then puts the referee into an armbar. People come out and have to break it up. Next and final is the main event. This... Me talking about it doesn't do it justice. If you were to watch any match from SummerSlam, you have to watch this one. It is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the undisputed Universal WWE Championship in a last man standing match. I will do my best to go over this match, but I do recommend that you go and watch this. It is crazy. So Brock Lesnar comes out and drives a tractor to the ring. As the introductions are being made, Brock Lesnar is standing on top of the tractor. After the introductions are made, Brock Lesnar jumps from the tractor and hits Roman with a Luthez. The two brawl to the outside. Brock tends to maintain control for the start of the match. Brock pulls out a table, but because of a distraction by Paul Heyman, Reigns is able to do a Samoan drop through the table. Lesnar gets up. Reigns hits Lesnar with the stairs. Reigns sets up another table and hits the Uranagi through the table. Brock is able to get up again, rolls back into the ring. Reigns follows him and hits him with two Superman punches and a spear. Lesnar once again gets back to his feet. Reigns attempts to go for another spear, but misses and spills to the outside. Lesnar hits Reigns with a broken piece of the table. Reigns is able to make it back to his feet. Lesnar picks him up and puts him into the scooper of the tractor, lifts him up, and then dumps him back into the ring from the tractor. Lesnar then backs the tractor up uses the scooper to lift half of the ring up off the ground the ring was probably half of the ring was probably a good 10 feet up off the ground that causes reigns to fall outside of the ring reigns is able to get up the usos come back and do a double super kick to lesnar he is still able to make it to his feet and fights off the usos Heyman then steps up to brock lesnar gives him both the belts and says fine just take him just go Lesnar picks up Heyman and F5s him through the table. Reigns then hits Lesnar with the spear. And both are able to get up, but then Theory runs out to cash in. Lesnar quickly takes him out, hitting him with an F5. The Usos hit him with a double super kick again. Reigns hit him with a spear. Lesnar gets up again. 
Reigns hits him with the briefcase. Lesnar gets up again. Reigns then grabs the WWE title, hits Lesnar with it. Lesnar gets up once more. Reigns then grabs the Universal title and tells Lesnar that nobody wants him here and then hits him with the Universal title and him and the Usos proceed to bury Lesnar, everything that's sitting around ringside, the tables, the chairs, everything. Reigns is able to pick up the victory. And that's it for SummerSlam. It was, most of the matches were pretty good. My favorite one was definitely the Roman Reigns match. But there's really not a bad match on here. The only one I was really disappointed by was the Liv Morgan versus Ronda. I really feel like that could have been given more time. But it still wasn't it still wasn't that good. It made Liv Morgan look really weak, which you don't want in a women's champion. You don't want your women's champion to look weak. Because if she looks weak, then why is she the champion? It doesn't make any sense. So that's the only thing I didn't like. Even the the Usos and the Street Profits was amazing because that builds towards a storyline between the the Street Profits. It seems like where they're going with the Street Profits is they want to have them do solos. Now the WWE have a really rare case right here where they can actually make two stars out of the two single stars out of this tag team. Their normal thing to do is to make the guy they don't want to push the heel and the guy they are looking to push the babyface. What I think they should do is they should make Angelo Dawkins the babyface and have Montez Ford lose his cool and turn heel. Montez Ford is so good and so talented that he could be a heel and still be a star and by turning Angelo Dawkins because Angelo Dawkins is equally as talented as Montez Ford in different ways but he is still equally as talented as Montez Ford so they can make two stars if they do this right Montez Ford needs to turn on Dawkins and be a heel and let Dawkins rise up as a baby face and you can make two incredible stars out of this other than that that's all I got if you like this you know please subscribe if you have any questions or concerns or comments or anything uh, you can email me at thebigwillfiles at gmail.com you can follow me at twitter at bigwillfiles other than that I appreciate you guys listening I'll see you next time. Bye.